This podcast is brought to you by ThamesCon, bringing conventions to Oxford and London, including the Great Conjunction, the first ever dark crystal convention in the world. For more information, visit their website at www.thegreatconjunction.com. Another world, another time, in the age of wonder. You are listening to Trial by Stone. Trial by Stone! Dea, Tea, Dara, Tea. Your vital essence, the Dark Crystal. Kida, Kida. Come, come, see for yourself. Aru, Garu. How very interesting. Dea, Tea. I feel the song of Thra in my heart! Now go, you heroes of Thra! Hello and welcome to Trial by Stone, your vital essence for all things the Dark Crystal. I'm your host, Philip, and I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in uh, to this episode of Trial by Stone. And uh, for this um, uh, special episode, actually, because this is part of the uh, Thra-a-thon that is um, happening uh, this weekend and to sort of celebrate that and of course the uh, the six-year anniversary of Trial by Stone so I started this podcast um, back in August of 2014 and uh, it's been such an amazing ride and it's it's been a pretty surreal i guess you know six years doing this you know this the little podcast and um you know i really appreciate everyone's uh support with um listening to the um you know to the shows and i hope you've enjoyed um many of our shows and uh, and if you're new you know hey you know you got six years of um dark crystal podcasts um to listen to so uh which is really cool and you know with, with age resistance it's really opened up you know a lot more discussion and you know and that's the big thing that we're going to do today um we're going to do an audio commentary of the first episode of dark crystal age of resistance so with me is uh jamie and sydney and what so okay so this is what we're going to do so um if you want to sort of uh join along with us (laughs) um you know to to sync up um, to what we're talking about, you know, while you're watching the episode. Um, so this is basically what you need to do. Um, of course, number one, open up Netflix, then go to, you know, select Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance, uh, go to the, the first episode and begin all the same. Um, hit play and then pause the episode. So, you know, once you've got the episode playing, of course, um, pause it and then rewind it back to the start and um hopefully that should you know sync up everything you know i know with the whole world of the internet you know (laughs) some things uh there can be delays and stuff with buffering but um you know we've all got a good internet connection so that that's pretty much the important thing um especially with us all so um and last thing of course is so i'll do a countdown i'll say three two one play and then when I say play, I mean, don't, don't press play that time. You know, that was just a warm up. But basically once we do the, the countdown, three, two, one, play, and then on play, press play essentially. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So I think we're, I think we're just going to get into it, um, right now. Okay. So you, you're already, um, Jamie and Sydney. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
All right, here we go. Three, two, one, play. Ba-bong. Got the Netflix logo. Mm-hmm. I will have to say, um, the yellow font, oh, you know, it was good to see that yellow font. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that they didn't make any serious changes to that. It felt familiar right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> and then, hi, Sigourney. Yes, we hear the voice of the... Space mom. Yep, space mom, yep. <laughs> I was really glad about that, the, um, that they actually incorporated the... Uh, the prologue for um you know for this introduction and uh, that, i mean that was actually the other thing jamie um i actually heard about something about that there was sort of a very different take um you know whether they went through i don't know different narrations or that sort of thing well no i think they um hired and recorded um the voice the woman who did the voice of kira what's her name oh that was um uh lisa maxwell yeah, but then they didn't use it, and then they went with Sigourney instead. Okay. Honestly, if they had used Lisa Maxwell, and that had been Kira's voice, I would have just cried. Yeah. So oh my god. Was. I was oh already god. crying, but I would have been an absolute wreck. Uh, so, so one thing that's coming up, I'm going to bring this up probably later in the show, but this shot of date right here, yeah. that shot of date, I'm very certain is the same shot that you see later on in the episode. You know, when she's with um Major Argot and. You know that you know when she, you know Marjorie was telling her to you know here's these things to, to fix you up um there's that there's that shot that'll come up that's exactly the same but there's actually like different um alterations with the smile or like with a facial mm -hmm. facial features so see that coming oh, up yeah. yeah i know what you're talking yeah. about yeah and then we got the um uh the statues i mean that they were pretty cool actually that they were um actually the weather reminds me yeah. of like a, a tabletop game yes yeah like uh, if you're going to play, um, if you've ever played D&D &D or like a tabletop RPG, when you have like the minifigs and the setup on the, the board and everything, I feel like that's what they were trying to emulate. Or at least that's, that's how it comes off to me. Because um, a couple of people have talked, have mentioned like when they showed the Crystal of Truth at the very beginning there, it looks so much bigger um, as far as the proportions compared to how we see it right here. So with the Skeksis surrounding it, it looks much smaller. But I, I honestly think it was like, well, if you look at the character statuettes also, they look bigger proportionately as well. I think it's just because it's sort of that style of this is a this is a board game that we're looking at. That's that's the style that I think it emulated. To yeah, me. definitely. It, it was a very sort of Game of Thrones sort of style, you know, like with the it's with the introduction. So but I will say, like, I was so glad that they actually did a prologue, um, you know, to sort of explain the world of Thra. Um, especially for people who have never seen Dark Crystal before, like, you know, because I, I think originally the prologue was was a very last, uh, not last minute, but sort of the last sort of edition, you know, with, um, you know, before the show came out was sort of the last thing that they sort of worked on um, to the point I think they had a different um, uh, company or, you know, visual effects vendor that did the, they essentially did the prologue. Um, and yeah, so I was really glad. Um, and I, I think they did a really good job. Like, you know, three, like, you know, to t trying to tell the story. And I think they did in a good three and a half minutes. Pretty, pretty well done job. So, yeah. <laughs> when you saw it the first time, did you feel like it was similar enough to the movie? Or did you kind of feel like it, it was too modern? Because I feel like a lot of people 
right off the bat, not maybe not a, an overwhelming amount or anything, but I definitely remember in the groups and everything, people were commenting like, you know, I don't really understand this prologue. You know, it's just, it feels too modern. It feels like they're trying to be like Game of Thrones. Um, you know, they should have just done something more traditional like the movie or... Yeah, that very you know, slow-pacey you know, kind of narration, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they could have they could have gone that, but I, I, I kind of felt like that this was probably the best way to go about, you know, just, just visually show, you know, showing the clans and the map and, you know, here are the three characters. Because, I mean, that was the thing. Like, I thought, oh, they're going to go through all the seven clans, you know, in this prologue, but they only went through three. But, I mean, it makes sense because, well, you know, we're going to focus the characters on the... Um, uh, yeah, focus the characters on these three heroes of Thra, essentially, this three clans. Yeah. So, yeah. Because this episode focuses on the three main characters yeah. more than anything yeah. else. Oh, yeah. Just love seeing the castle, the crystal, the crystal chamber. Such a great yeah. set. It's yeah. awesome. And uh, mad props to Simon Pegg. I'm just going to say right off the bat, he really emulated that Chamberlain voice so perfectly. Yeah, it's perfect. Mark Hamill is still very much Mark Hamill. I'm not complaining about mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I will say he has just such an unmistakable, iconic voice, especially if you're familiar with him for his voice acting, not just as Luke Skywalker. Um, it's like, you you know that's Mark Hamill when you hear it. Um, so, and, and I guess that's a valid complaint people could have about, you know, he doesn't sound like a scientist, he sounds like Mark Hamill. I still think he sounds like the scientist. It's just... A deeper version see, of the scientist. Yeah. And I could see it evolving, I guess, into what we know from the movie over time. You know, who knows what else is going to happen to him between now and the events of the movie. He goes through so much abuse. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, and there's more exactly. to come. I mean, we're going to see that, you know, in episode two. So, yeah, yeah. Even though we've seen it so many times. <laughs> uh, you know you what have- I think is interesting about the opening Yes. That might some confusion about the narration is you have this myth speaker telling, Oh, hey, this is Thra and here's what happened and then you have a retelling of it in in episode seven, um, which is a little bit different. So why would you tell the audience a story that's not true or fully true? It's a little confusing. I I kind of interpreted it as we're getting like as much information as the Gelflings have. You know, we're sort of getting the version yes, that they the know. Setup like the, of it. Yes. Yeah, like we're getting the history book version. And that way, as the Gelfling characters learn the truth, we're learning the truth with them. Sort of that questioning what's established and the history you're told may not necessarily be the true one, things like that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely see it as sort of like a point of view, like just different perspectives of this, you know, the story. Um so I mean, I mean, it'll really be be really interesting if we do end up seeing the um, you know, if they do get a season two happening, if we get to see um the myth speaker. Um, yeah. So. Do you think the myth speaker is a gelfling? I think so. I, I think she's actually going to be like you know, another the, sky yeah, clan. sky clan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she has a I mean, that's something that Brian Froud did said like a couple of months ago that you know, well, was you know their favorite characters or, or whatnot and, and brian so let's slip off it's the ones we haven't seen yet so i mean so yeah who knows <laughs> and here we i initially interpreted that as like you know we didn't really get any time with the drenchen clan yeah or the you sprite know, the show, we yeah didn't really we didn't go to the swamps of Saga. we met a couple of drenchen characters but we haven't 
been there and and seen the clan yet so my initial interpretation of that was like oh he means the drenchen and like the ones that didn't really get a lot of screen time but at the same time yeah the longer i thought about it the more i was like mm, i think there's more he's not telling us and i want to know what that is yeah i love this um introduction with um uh Rian and mira um yeah, yeah she is beautiful in the same way that kira is beautiful. yeah yeah and because uh, i think this was like one of the very first scenes that they actually shot for the show Mm -hmm. so, Kira's more beautiful yeah. though. Of course, she's more yeah. beautiful than all of us and everyone. But yeah, she's the, the the most beautiful of Gelfling. Yeah, always will be. But I, I feel like in terms of um, you know Gelfling from this new established um, vision of Thra that we're getting, I think she's she's beautiful in that familiar sort of way. She she's meant to sort of remind us. Oh of yeah, Kira. And, and with the name obviously as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Hey, boys. I actually thought that uh, Mira was actually already taken by the Skeksis at this point. I'm just like, whoa, you know, <laughs> during this running around. <laughs> I went a little more PG-13 than that and thought like, oh, snap. She's like, she's seducing yep. him. Like she left her clothes Taking over there. Clothes. Okay. Yep. <laughs> but it was so she could let yep. her wings out. Yes, yeah. Get our minds out of the gutter. <laughs> What you thought? Because I think, um, wasn't this shot of Rian like one of the very first photos that we saw from the um, the show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah probably just because he has direct sunlight right yeah. on him. So, you know, you get a lot yeah. of detail, but I, love, yeah. I don't know. I it, It's not, I don't think it's the best representation of him. No. Yeah, I don't think it's flattering of the mm. puppet for mm. sure. Like, that's good. Yeah. Rian is such a uh, complex character. He really represents the Jen. Mm -hmm. you know, he he's so much like Jen that yeah, it it's he's hard to kind of decipher like who is he, like yeah. like what's his real role aside from being like just another Jen. Um, yeah. But it makes sense, though. Obviously, we all love the show and we think it's perfect. Yeah. So, and yeah. I love this this little thing. Yeah, so. and I love this dream fast, like you know, a, a bit of a different take, um, but thing that you know, but works really well. Compared to, you know, yeah. But they still narrate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like in the yeah. movie. Yeah, I love the use of the sort of the, like, almost like crystally mirror, mirror-y kind of, you know, effect with the dream fasting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it all starts with the spitters. Not really. Spitter. Spitter. Yeah, so. I will have to say, um, coming up, the intro for that shot of Auden is probably probably my favorite sort of um um you know intro shot look at him just turn around like yeah. that yeah bam remember yeah. you are i love the you don't mess yeah. around he has such a great voice too everybody was just so well cast yeah, I just remember, yeah, when they first announced, like, all the voice casts and just, just so many people that, you know, all, this, all the voices, you know, Aquafina and, yeah. Yeah. It was clever how, um, I, I think, they didn't tell us outright who was who. They told us, you know, these people are going to be the Skeksis and these people are going to be Gelfling and these people are going to be something else. And the only one they ever... I think the only one they told us this is this was Donna Kimball. 
was the only one they outright said she's playing Agra. Yes, yes. But everybody else, when they first announced it, they didn't say who specifically was playing who. So there was that good like few months there where people were like sort of guessing who was going to be who. And a lot of people thought Mark Hamill was going to be the Chamberlain in those days. Yeah, I remember like yes, I was yes. up there too. I was like, so, I, yes. I bet. I was like, yeah, that makes total sense. Everybody, I would have bet money Mark Hamill was going to be the Chamberlain. I thought um, Helena Bonham Carter was going to be Agra because she's got that grovelly <laughs> voice. She could totally do it. Yeah, but, she could. And then when they announced Donna Kimball, I was like scouring the internet like, who is she? I told yeah. you this when we interviewed her. I was like, who yeah. are you? Yeah. Where do you come yeah, yeah. from? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, she obviously killed it, though. I wouldn't have had it any other way. Yeah, she is Agra. Yeah, I love that start. Yeah. I love that Orton puppet. Yeah. Good old Tolan. This guy, though, man. Ugh. Tattle Oh, that tough love. I love the. You know when it's Luis Gold's laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love um his eyes, like the color of his eyes, how they're they're blue, but then they have like a dark, like a more of an amber ring around the pupil. Like it's yeah. so interesting the details. And of course, Mira's freckles. That also reminds me of Kira. Those freckles. I love them. It can wait. Safe travels, Captain. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just get out of my yeah. way. Getting on the Landstrider. It's good to see yeah. those Landstriders. Okay. Those things, those like, they look like little wings that come off the top of their arms that, that they serve as like handles for the Gelfi. They look like ears yeah. though to me. They look like ears. And I read in that... um. The song of the Gelfling, the songs of the Gelfling clans, that new J.M. Lee book, there's a part where he's talking about the Landstriders and he describes their big giant ears. And the way that he phrases it is like they have these huge ears. And I was like, I don't know they have big ears. And then I realized like, I wonder if it's those things coming off the top of their like elbows that they, cause they do kind of look like yeah, ears. Yeah. So that was the first time it really occurred to me, like, are those ears? I think they are. And then that kind of sucks for them that, you know, people who ride them have to hold on to their ears. That can't be comfortable. Yeah. Oh, it's such a great shot, the, the visual effect shot of, you know, then going out of the Castle of Crystal. Mm -hmm. oh, just amazing. Mm -hmm. I was, I actually just noticed, like, you actually saw Auden actually, like, tapping on top of the, um, the Landstrider's head as he was, like, going out. So just, it's just crazy, mm -hmm. just uh, the subtleness, you know, of the, you know, of the extra things that, especially the animation or anything in general, even puppetry, you know, the additional sort of performances, you, when you see it two or three or five times, you just, oh, wow, that was pretty neat. Yeah. yeah. And that's where we get Gurgen. I love Gurgen. I love Gurgen. <laughs> I love him he's, so He's underrated. Much. So underrated. The voice, the movement, his physical, his physical, like chemistry, like it's awesome. He's like Rian's little John. Yes. Now we're in Hurrah with the library. Hurrah. Um, it was actually pretty neat. This, yeah. Go ahead, Jake. I was going to say, this set is amazing. Mm -hmm. It's just, I, I want to know like if there's any CG, 
CG augmentation, how much of it is real? I, I would think much of it is. Yeah. Most yeah. of it is. Yeah. I have a feeling like this first half, this part is all, you know, real. But then I think once the camera goes up, then it sort of becomes a little, you know, yeah, bit digital and then and then sort of morphs back, you know, towards the end. Yeah. So yeah. this whole I going love the music up. Yeah. In this scene yeah. Too. Um Oh, what was cool actually, you know, with the voice of Pluffum was actually Cameron Cameron Richardson, um, Louis's wife. So that was Yeah. Yeah, I think she released that video on YouTube or on Instagram, her Instagram. Yes, yeah. Of her doing the voice. Yeah. I, I'm visualizing like baby Brea and and Tavra and Celadon like when they were little like sliding down those rails and stuff. Yeah, someone because uh, someone actually did like a fan art of them as little babies, didn't? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it's great. Yeah, I would love to see more of that. Yep. I guess I better get on that <laughs> if I want to see it. I gotta yep. do it. <laughs> of course, the Grigio's lexicon of less astrology, a uh, bit of a reference there for Javier um, Grigio Markswash who's one of the um, hmm. co-execs producers on the show. Well, I also wrote episode seven, so good, good shout out there. Tavra. Yes, Princess Tavra. I, I already was in love with Tavra from the Jan Lee novels. Um, I'm sure a lot of viewers were already like, yes, Tavra, because she's such a crucial, crucial character in the novels. And I have to say, they I think they really got her right um she's she is still very similar i mean obviously they weren't going to get her wrong but you know what i mean like this, it wasn't like oh she's nothing like this in the book she's so different i i could tell like that's her. yeah absolutely yeah yeah no just just one more tavra and and just sort of all the things like with the books that sort of you know expand on the mythology of thrower especially you know getting to know like these characters more like Also, I feel like there was there's just enough Tavra in the show for you to love her, but also not enough at the same time. And so yeah, it, she's mysterious. Yeah, um, and so I think it it leaves a lot of viewers like, oh, I want to see more of Tavra. She's really cool. So then those of us who read the books can be like, well, you want more Tavra? She's like a main character in the books. Just saying. So kind of a smart little business move, I think they did too. Uh, if I had a bedroom with these lights, I would never leave. I want the lights from Stone in the Wood. Yeah, the I love that lights. too. They should just be color changey LED lights so you could go back and forth between Stone in the Wood and Grot depending on your mood. I'm feeling blue today. Dabba dabba die. <laughs> <laughs> it's Those are the correct that, lyrics, by the way. That the <laughs> when her face glows, it's it's the sign of the Grottens. It's like it's the what do you call it? What do you call that? Each, the the each, sigil? Each clan has their own... The sigil? Yeah. Huh. The little so, the symbol for... But you see it on... It's the curve and everything in her nose. It's I never her. noticed oh, wow. that. Yeah. I just thought it was like contouring with her with her face, like um, like how if she was blushing but blue. But no, that's cool. Okay, why are there not hand puppets of these guys on the market? Oh, I know. How easy would that be? With little light up eyeballs, come on, get on it. I don't know if you guys remember, there was a time in the like 
late 90s, early 2000s, when a lot of like kids meals were actually giving out hand puppets for things. There were some for like when a lot of Disney movies came out, Happy Meals had like little puppet versions of the characters. Um, there, that when Star Wars Episode One came out, there was like, you know, they had little hand puppets of like Jar Jar and stuff like that. Um, I don't know why they don't do stuff like that anymore. Like, I think puppetry is such a great form of um, learning for for kids. You know, just for their their, their de dexterity and storytelling and and things like that. And I think this show, there's so much potential for you know um, marketing actual puppets for not just for kids but but for kids too you know what i mean like why couldn't there have been a deal with uh you know subway or burger king or something so that <laughs> kids could get get little puppet nurlocks yeah. you know to take home or, or a little pluff them and i would have them all yeah you know it would be interesting maybe for next time if they partner up with something that's a little bit more readily accessible in terms of yeah. marketing mm -hmm. uh where it is like a mcdonald's or a burger king or something yeah so when people are buying they're seeing all of this merchandise because really unless you're buying from weta you you don't like there's no real exposure to it yeah the vast I mean, majority of the merch kind of is thing. for adults yeah grown-up merch which understandably but that shouldn't be it you know especially since a lot of dark crystal fans have kids yeah yeah i mean because i i i really want that pluffum plush like that's probably like <laughs> mm -hmm. the one big thing i probably want Maybe. out of everything like yeah it's yeah i know i know yeah. it, was, it was such a he could be like a little finger a puppet yeah, too i just wish i can yeah well hopefully i mean if if we do end up getting a second season fingers crossed you know as a recording we still don't know yeah. um but yeah, like hopefully they can up up the merch plan a lot more. Now that we know like all the characters and the world essentially, and especially for new audiences yeah. as well. So Ah, oh, Skekox is he's he's amazing. I, mm -hmm. I, I was so I, I was so glad that amazing. like you know because I know usually like puppeteers would do the voices and I know with this show a lot of you know they had a a lot of you know the celebrity voices uh with the show but i'm glad that at least they kept some of them like with neil doing skekok and um uh alistinian with um skek act and um yeah warwick with um freckles of course so yeah mm -hmm. yeah it'd be i i think what i even though it's an all-star cast of voice talent they're not readily identifiable which i think is great if you were like oh look it's 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 so and so and so and so it would pull you right out of it but it doesn't yeah. i mean the only really identifiable voice is sigourney weaver and mark hamill but even then you're like well he's not identifiable to me i mean he might be a little bit more identifiable to you because you're very aware of what he's done and yeah. his voice talent but i think for most people they wouldn't know that's fair this effie trinket looking lady who's wearing the same outlet or same outfit five days later <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I, I You ain't yeah. that cute, honey. And I still think this scene's gonna be very important, like if they do make more, you know, if we again always talking about oh, if we get a second season, but this whole scene, especially with you know, talking about the, the great library of the Skeksis, I still mm -hmm. think that that's gotta come into play somehow. Yeah, she's yeah. gonna steal steal away into it or yeah. something. Yeah. This scene I, is so iconic, yeah. though, her being in Absolutely. this. Like, her looking at them, them talking to her. It is pure Dark Crystal. Yeah. Because there's a sense of dread. Like, we as the audience know, you are in danger, girl. Like, we are afraid for her in this moment. 
Um, but at the same time, we know, like, no, nah, she's a main character. Like, she'll be okay. But at the same time, you know, they, they technically, they killed Kira, too, for a minute. So there is a little bit of that sense of dread. And there isn't a whole lot of safety. <laughs> we still are like, mm, it's still Dark Crystal. It's still a little scary. So what's going to happen to her? We fear for her because we love her. And just the expressions on um, Brea's face. Yeah. Like, yeah, very wide-eyed so and... You know, then she can mm-hmm. look really suspicious, you know, eyes closing, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit. And yeah, so it's just, it's just amazing performance. And, and this is just like in a carriage, you know, it's just like very simple, you know, medium shots between yeah. the characters. And obviously it's like the background's just like white, but it's like, well, you don't need, you know, green, blue, green screen behind it because, it's, you know. So no, it's 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 pretty nice. Yeah. Oh, yes. I wonder if there's going to be a whole scene in season two of the destruction of the Skeksis Library by them. Like we don't need any no paper trail of who we were. This is how we are now. We're rulers. Blah, or even blah, blah. if it's not a library, like yeah. she finds it and it's just like one book in a glass yeah. case, <laughs> and it's all dusty. But yeah, I, I like that idea that, you know, they did have an expansive library, but they were like, nah. Yeah. Light it exactly. up. Yeah. And and maybe maybe it's like the one book that survives is like <laughs> integral to everything. <laughs> yeah. I'm a massive Helena Bonham yeah. Carter fangirl. Yeah. I love oh, me her. too. Me too. I love, I love her, her so much. I've loved her in everything she's ever been in. Even if it's a movie I don't love, I love her mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, I just I worship her. I'm so happy. I wanted that more she's of Bellatrix this. from Harry Potter. I wanted more mm-hmm. of her, but you didn't mm-hmm. see too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And I'm not a gigantic Harry Potter fan. I enjoy watching the movies, but she was one of my absolute favorite aspects of them, just across the board. She was perfect for that part. And I'm also a massive Sweeney Todd fan, so her Mrs. Lovett is just iconic to me. Oh, I love the hug. Snuggle, the snuggle. She's so pure. I love this moment. That moment of tenderness from, from the scroll keeper. He's just. He really is fond of her. And there's in, this. We're like in this pet, moment. Though. Yeah, but still, like there's. We're in this moment where there is a tiny bit of, uh, of mutual respect between Skeksis and, Gelflings. It's it's the way of the world. This is how their world works right now. Their ears remind me of cannolis, and I love it. <laughs> oh, the Celadons. Oh, nasty. Yeah. She's nasty. Gonna take you to the order lesser services. Fierce. Ooh. And, you know, it is, um, it can't go without saying that Celadon does kind of look like Kira. Y'all don't know nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we don't, but she does resemble her, like, of the three I'm sure Kira is probably Vaprin, I would imagine. Well, descendant of, at the very least. Or half Vaprin, half whatever else. I mean, I've had this conversation in so many ways in different times by this point, but I, I can't be said enough that, like, by the time we get to the film, the the lines between clans have been blurred and you know they don't even know 
that there were once glands at all. So, you know, oh, totally. to, yeah. to say that, you know, Kira is, is Vaprinus technically, you know, she's a, a descendant of probably at least two different clans, you know, by the time it gets to that stage in the timeline. Um, but I actually think, you know, the more that I learn about the other clans, Kira has a lot in common with um, Drenchen clan even as well, because her wings are kind of more like, they, they're not flappity flappity, they're, they're glidey wings, like how they describe the, the Drenchen wings. Um, but she they has also that talk small... about, if you read the book, that by the time Kira is around and has her wings and everything, Gelfling can no longer fly. All they can do is flutter to the ground. So her wings might have adapted to that lack of use. I don't know. That's just, it was in the book when it released. Yeah. Who knows what they do with that though? Yeah. Like how much of that they, they can. Her wings are my favorite though. Oh yeah. They're the best. I would rather have beautiful gossamer wings that can only glide than have flappity wings, but that are less pretty. I would rather have the pretty ones that glide. I feel like in this moment too, because we see his his essence coming off of like the side of his body that we know is later going to be mangled. So in this moment, I couldn't help but think, oh, already we're seeing what happens to him. Like <laughs> we're already going to see how that arm gets messed up and that eye gets messed up. But it was a little it was a little diversion tactic. It was clever. When you know, you know. I'm curious in this, in Age of Resistance, you don't see, like, in the original film, you see the podlings get, like, old and decrepit, and you see that happen to Kira as well, where she's just, all the, the life is sucked out of her, well, almost, and she's very gaunt and black circles under her eyes. But in this, they drain Gelfling, and you don't, they don't seem to look, they're out of breath, but that's it. I'm curious the difference, why they made that choice. I imagine it has something to do with the reflectors. The fact that by the time we get to the movie, the scientist is using the reflectors to bounce the the beams off of the crystal and everything. Whereas in this one, they're direct, directly looking at the crystal and getting sucked completely dry to the point of exploding <laughs> into nothingness. So I don't know, maybe that has something to do with it, the getting it, um, getting it siphoned out from a secondary source like being reflected off of the beams could be because i thought it was always about just yeah slowing the process you know so they don't all explode every time they came draining gelfling yeah you know just to maximize you know because i mean who knows like with the essence like whether it can be sort of you know regenerated within gelflings you know that yeah. they can just they it's can just sort of keep like pasteurization yeah they can just keep draining them like you know like every every couple mm -hmm. of days or whatever or yeah who knows so mm -hmm. yeah like how in our culture we like, you know, add a bunch of filler to our food to make it cheaper and make it last longer and make it, you know, last on a shelf longer and things like that. But, you know, but it is less nutritious in the end. So it's sort of a little parallel there, I guess. They never end. I love how closely they really match like the sets, you know, that you see from the film. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what I've been staring at yeah. right now. It's just how yeah. that is the castle, the crystal. There's no yeah. doubt about it. But we see more of it this time. I could, I would move in yesterday. Because you're dark like that. <laughs> I'm super edgy, man. 
Oh, come on. Like, you would not. Tell me you uh, wouldn't move in. I'd move into the dark, to the crystal if it were the crystal of, I mean, the castle if it was, like, light. I wouldn't move well, into that like, dark castle. Well, like, renovate uh -uh. it then, man. <laughs> I need some guffling help. Heal the crystal, and then you won't have that problem. I'm just saying, I can't, you know, beggars can't be choosers, and literally any part of Thra is better than what we have right now, so I'll take it. <laughs> Another great scene, you know, with Deet in the tree. How much they care for you. Do you think that that image of the tree is digital or is it, is it um, practical? It's hard to tell. I, I think I, like I'm sure it's a little of both. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I I have a feeling that it's all digital because I remember seeing like a visual effects um sort of show reel. And I think they pretty much like recreate, like they, yeah, like they showed like all the different layers with that tree. Yeah. I imagine there are, are practical yeah. like bits that they've constructed that yeah. for like the puppet oh, like, to interact yeah, Like with. the flower stuff that's coming up. Um, that's yeah. definitely, yeah. Yeah, I would think that'd be puppet. Yeah. It, it is one of those things where it's like we just don't, you know, sometimes it is really hard to tell. It's like, oh, you know, what part's the puppet part and what's, you know, the digitally enhanced or which is CGI. Um, you know, there are some. Which is how it should oh, be done. Oh, yeah, yeah, just the blending of the two. Like, they just blend Seamless. really well. Yeah. I mean, you know, you get the obvious ones, like the armor legs. Yeah, of course, they're CGI. But it's like, yeah, you know, I'm cool with that, you know. I'm not... Because <laughs> we know. Like, yeah. there's no other way they could have yeah, done exactly, that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's logic dictates. Yeah. But it, it's not distracting, though. It's not distractingly, jarringly different. No, no. Or, like, the Skeksis tongues, for example. Like, you know, that, that, that's all digital. Mm -hmm. Honestly, that, to me is the part that was the only distracting CG okay. for me in the whole yeah. show was the Gelfling tongue. I mean, the, not Gelfling, the, the Skeksis tongues. I feel like they went a little overboard with the waggly tongues sometimes. Well, um, and then the, the, when Irva started talking, Irva's tongue didn't wag. So it was like a little in, uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the continuity was off a little bit. Like, well, like if you're going to do it, then do it. If you don't, if you're not going to do it, then don't do it. But again, these are tiny nitpicks. Yes. Oh, I feel like yeah, I always totally have to yeah. say, the show's amazing, the show's amazing, <laughs> just because I don't know who's listening. But we should be able to afford um, some nitpicks. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, they're, and, they're and fun honestly, nitpicks. that's the worst we have to say about yeah. it. That's still pretty yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> and they're fun nitpicks. Like, we're not like, oh, you know, oh, that's terrible. It's like, oh, you know, it's just fun. Um, the sparkly tinsel in there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that didn't make it after this, which is interesting. Yeah, it is distracting. It's a little much. I don't know. I kind of, I love it. I, I wish that our hair could do that. I want tinsel in my hair. I love Gurgen. We'll Gurgen's just, just bailing. Weave it in. <laughs> I guess I'll have to. I've just always wanted to be a Gelfling man. I've, I've wanted freckles just like Kira. I've wanted. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I want wings. We all do. They really nailed the walk. Yeah, mm -hmm. of the Gelfling, so it doesn't look—they don't look like puppet walks. Yeah, I mean, because I was sometimes, yeah, because like that was such walks. a big challenge. Or rather, they don't look like Muppets. Yeah, because <laughs> that was a big challenge with the original film, even trying to like get the walk down, you know, for the Gelfling, right? Um, but no, I think they did really great. Also, the way that oh, this is such kissy. a. Yeah, I yeah, love And that, you even hear but, like the smooching um, sound effect, <laughs> which I'm like, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's, it's good. Real, it's though. good. It's, it's not good. just like two Barbies yeah. bumping <laughs> together, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a good scene uh, yeah, too yeah. with Rianne. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just like the puppetry in that in that moment is great. 
I love yeah. the song he sings. I, I was just going to say, I would love to hear a whole full fleshed out version of that song. I know. I want to hear Hup's song, all of it. Yeah, absolutely. Release it, please. And the new, uh, the new book with all the, the details about the songs of the Gelfling clans, there's a lot of songs in it. I mean, duh, it's the name of the book. And I would love for somebody to actually make those songs into songs. And if that were actually, you know, the same composer as the show, that'd be even better so that it was like, it tied in with the show and had the same sound as the songs from the show. That would be so cool. Yeah. Cause I know that was the thing because that book was like, it was a tie into age resistance, but it was told, but you know, the events of that book was told, you know, before way before age resistance of different yeah. characters and all that kind of stuff. So I thought that was kind of mm-hmm. interesting. Um, I will have to say, I liked that. Um, I know we sort of went past it, but there was that sort of that dolly zoom shot of um, uh, Rian and Mira when she, when they were looking, um, um, at the spitter um love that mm-hmm. shot from the trailer yeah yeah it's very you know um i think it's very some i think pretty much sort of the same style as you know jaws or um, um yeah or lord of the rings so yeah i like it i like that little shot there this is the crawl homage shot in my opinion you guys have seen crawl <laughs> yeah the widow of the web Mm-hmm. I mean, there are so many iconic big spiders in the fantasy genre. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's for just sure. you can't you can't do fantasy without a big spider. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, you actually do see spider webs like in the in the Dark Crystal film as well, like in the um, mm-hmm. uh, in the Castle of the Crystal. So yeah, so I thought that was that was pretty neat because we didn't know knew about the spiders really till um. Uh, Song of, of the Dark Crystal, Joe's um, second book, when yeah. they really, they were really introduced. Mm-hmm. So I'm always been curious what um, Skektek was actually doing down in the catacombs. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, no, I'm just trying to think. Like, you know, was he talking to the Arathan? But probably not, because. Yeah, the last yeah. time we saw him, the last scene was he and the Chamberlain were having the realization that they could drink Elfling. So they, and we were led to believe that they're like, they were going to drain those two guards that they saw. But then why is he down here? What's he doing? Now that the tithing ceremony, um, it was really interesting actually, because um, the whole tithing thing was um, introduced in um, uh, Power of the Dark Crystal, um, which you had the Gelflings had their own sort of tithing ceremony, which they had to That's go right. to, they went to the Castle of the Crystal and the mm-hmm. Gelflings would contribute to be able to um, to bear witness to see the crystal, the truth um, for themselves. Yeah. So I thought that was, that was, yeah. So, you know, when we got, well, this is the, the Skeksis tithing. I thought that was pretty, pretty neat. Uh, we also have a tithing ceremony. Follow our Patreon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Pay tribute. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what the thrones are going to look like on season two. Now that they have to rebuild it, if it if we go back to Iran, yeah. who knows? Yeah. yeah, I mean the good thing I is hope we see more. Yeah, because I mean, like, with like destroying sets and stuff, like at least you know they had the blueprints, so it's like be a lot easier to to build them up again than than it was the first time. So yeah, yeah, it's going to be curious if they have a season two. Will all those sets? Will any of them be still be usable? Like. 
if if they just have to do a little restoration, obviously the puppets are probably going to be recast in terms of yeah. the silicone because that degrades quickly. Mm-hmm. I love this. His tide is his. Oh, she's heartless. Can you be so heartless? Sell it on. It breaks our hearts. Sad. Sad. So sad. <laughs> I have Not to great. wonder if that was um <laughs> that was sort of a, a Twitter. Yeah. Homage. <laughs> you mean like a forty five homage? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, what I mean. Yeah. How, I think that's how a lot yeah, of Yeah. Yeah. Say like such and such and such. So sad. So sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I like I like um, commentary like that. That's just it's subtle. Like if you know, you know, but it's not outright saying it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have a brain, you notice. <laughs> I hope they release this on Blu-ray or 4K or whatever. Dude, at the very least, especially if we don't get a season two, like at the very least, you could do is give us give us a Blu-ray with with the crystal well, calls on it as a special feature. Oh, for sure. Hopefully, like, yeah, because um, I mean, that's the thing. Like, even like when when streaming from Netflix, like, there is a bit of that, you know, sort of the nerdy, sort of the data compression that you know. It, so seeing it in four K on you know, Ultra HD would um, yeah, the quality would even be even probably a little bit better than what you get from the Netflix streaming. But I could be wrong. I don't know. But I'm I'm pretty certain that's the case. Yeah. But yeah, and but we're back at the library. With new lighting. Little, little uplighting. Yeah, the yellow yeah. uplighting. Yeah. I, I, she probably I, has a lamp on the floor. Because that was the thing, again, like, I reckon they used another shot, you know, of, um, from the scene in the prologue as well. But, yeah. Because I know that shot of Rian at the start was just an alternate take of, um, you know, him saying, hello there. Oh, hello again, I should say, so. Um, hello there that's obi-wan yes no that's lando wait no it is obi-wan sorry yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. hello there hello yeah. hello yeah i think that's lando yes yeah <laughs> why hello he says well hello what have we hey, here what do we have here that's lando yeah this is a lot of the platform just looking back and forth <laughs> i demand the truth listen librarian tell us your story It's interesting whether, like, those words, I demand the truth, is what activated, like, the book, essentially. I'd like to think it does. It's so cool. Because what else could it have been, honestly? I mean, something had to activate this situation, and I demand the truth is so poignant, you know, and we spoke about it so much in our discussion about Brea and then also our most recent discussion as well. We talk about how important the concept of truth is and how heavy it is and how people think they want the truth, but in actuality they don't because of the weight that comes with knowing the truth. But to actually say, I demand it, <laughs> that's 
pretty powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they got the Oriole symbol. Just so many amazing shots, you know, just mm -hmm. watching all the scenes, like, you know, the moments of silence and we're just, you know, we just, you know, just. There's some more cool lighting. The chrysalis. Gorgeous. This is just such a gorgeous shot. Yeah. This was, that a was, a, of almost yeah. every shot. and this was a great moment mm -hmm. in, in the trailer as well. Yeah, Bray is just yeah, telling you can, her, you know. You could take a screenshot too many of stories. any moment, yeah. any moment. Yeah. And then the shock when you see the, the pendant. I don't want to dream fast with you after all. Who are you? That pendant looks like Kira's. Mm -hmm. What's on Kira's? Maybe that's Kira's parents. Those are Kira's parents. Or were. Never know. I would prefer something like that, honestly, than to have it a main character. Yeah, I think it it's too expected. Yeah. yeah, totally subtle. Yeah, just random, yeah. yeah. I think what's brilliant yeah. about Age of Resistance, even with Brea, but certainly with Deet and Hup and Rianne, is you have ordinary heroes. Ordinary heroes are way more powerful than royal heroes, you know? Or people who are just chosen for no other reason other than that they were chosen. Because they're, you know, your dad was a hero, so you have to be a hero. I actually like the idea of, I come from somewhere either ordinary, oh, there's that face again, that side eye. But yeah, to, for a hero to come from somewhere ordinary, or even to come from somewhere potentially shameful you know to have a redemption to be better than where they came from the grotten beds are like little buckets it's interesting everyone's favorite grandma it was really interesting that there was still yeah it was still it was really interesting that i think originally they were still playing around with a the character was actually going to be blind or not. I think it wasn't really till they started recording, you know, doing it that they went along with it, with the character being blind, yeah. And we sort of got that with the, um, I don't know if Joe's books went into that as well, that she was blind. It mentioned it. did it. mention it, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And again, she's portrayed exactly the same yep. <laughs> in the book. Yes, yeah. Deet's family is so precious. I feel like Madra Argot is a direct um, tip of the hat to Yoda. She just reminds me so much of Yoda. Even her her ar architecture of her face, her chin, her nose. Yeah. She's like a little Yoda. Maybe Yoda's a Groton. Yeah. But like the version of Yoda that we were introduced to, like Empire Strikes Back Yoda, like kind of crazy old hermit version of Yoda, but still super wise but doesn't really want you to know it right away <laughs> and 
And so she's kind of a tribute to Frank Oz in that way, really. They all have such rad hats. Cute little bobbin. I wonder whose voice is that? Bobbin? Yeah. Some cute little kid, apparently. <laughs> no, that's an adult voice. Yeah. That's an adult voice putting on a baby voice. I mean, it happens. David Bowie did the baby sounds on uh, Dance Magic Dance on the album version. Oh, really? That wasn't Toby Frout as a baby. That was David Bowie doing baby voices. <laughs> So actually this shot of D coming up that this shot right there again now that was that was yeah. a shot that was from the prologue but yeah had different mm -hmm. they they digitally altered her so you know she looked different but if you compare the two shots um they're exactly the same like <laughs> It's interesting to see the uh traits in Gelfling faces that are common in all of the clans even though they have distinct differences between them um they, there are still certain similarities that are like common to all gelfling and one of the things that i always take note of is that female gelfling have um the way that their faces blush the way that the blush is colored on their face the placement of it ooh, the placement of it on their cheekbones and then on their nose is always in the same place in that little like blushed button nose. So um, even Deet has it, Kira has it, Mira has it, Brea has it. It's just like such a, it's a detail I love. I think is so adorable on all female Gelfling. Yeah. I mean, this is. He has a little yeah. more eyeshadow on yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, this is such a pivotal moment, you know. It starts the chain of events. <laughs> Just seeing the chains literally, you know, <laughs> as I was saying. Uh, yeah. I love that his the emperor's head is like in a sock mm. almost like <laughs> the the back of his head is like covered. He has like a little hood over his head. Don't do it, Mira. Turn back. Like she has no idea what she's in for, like. No. And she has no reason to know. <laughs> yes isn't it lovely <laughs> <laughs> uh, some great dialogue I wonder how he's going to come up with the 
the system that we see in the movie with the reflectors. Yes, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, no, whether they're like those, um, the yeah, black um, yeah. claw things, you know, where they get destroyed yeah. and then, yeah. Because by the time we get to the movie, they just let it float yeah. where it is. They don't, they don't try moving yeah. it. I mean, the claws must have probably has something to do with like how the emperor is affected by it, like how the darkening makes them fall apart and die, basically. Give it your very presence. I mean, her facial expression and everything is still very much like what we see happen in the movie. It's that same sort of dramatizing puppet expression. And, you know, we've heard so many people who grew up watching the movie talk about how those scenes in the movie was like their first introduction to the horror genre, even though it's not traditionally a horror movie it is sort of like a what we call a gateway horror movie <laughs> where it's it introduces you to the concept of being scared being kind of disturbed by what you're watching but wanting more of it and dark crystal is a great like gateway into that and so many people cite that scene of the the draining um and the faces on those puppets really it sticks with you yeah, the moments just stay with you forever, yeah. You know, whether it's that or, you know, the Emperor crumbling down and, yep. I would love to have a punch bowl that looks like that someday. <laughs> Wedding goals. <Yeah. Even they know it's a little messed up. Like, they're intrigued, but they're also like, whoa. <laughs> Young! Wait. <laughs> I feel strong. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting that we didn't, um, you know, that there's still quite a few Skeksis that are out there. Um like Skeksar and um, Skekshod and Skeknar and yeah, yeah. I'd be so curious where they were during the events of Age of Resistance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's like, nobody understands. Here comes the uh, the dancing gif. Oh, 
I did a, like a little music thing with um them dancing, mm-hmm. but with um the Euro pop. There's <laughs> the Euro pop music. Yeah, that, you know, yeah, that music of um the Gandalf nodding. <laughs> I have to reshare that. <laughs> the drop of. I do uh, love yeah. that music though. Yeah. That plays right yeah. there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Suzard. Dirty Looky Lou. I love that. Dirty Looky Lou. I love Jason Isaac so much. Yeah, no, he did. A yeah, his voice is also unrecognizable, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, again, you know it if you know it, but it's not distracting at all. It's not like, oh, I know who that is. But I just think he was such a perfect choice for the emperor. I kind of feel like Simon Pegg was probably glad he didn't have to um, <laughs> lip sync to anything, you know, in his um, voice, you know, in this last sort of moments of the show. <laughs> yeah. And this, this monologue is so, uh, it rings so important right now. I think the, that Gelfling there, she's the same mm-hmm. Gelfling that's with Brea when she's in the Order of Lesser Service, but she's got a different wig on. Hmm. Ooh, that's a hot take. Which I'm, I'm June, pretty sure June-y? it's the same puppet. Well, it looks like the same mold for sure, if that's what you mean. Because I think that was... Su- the, yes, yeah. same mold. Not the same Just, character. No, different, yeah. <laughs> yeah, same mold, different, you know, different look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree with yeah. that. They definitely did that for a couple. A couple of the background Gelfling have... At the very least, the same. They're from the same mold. Understandably. Well, I mean, when you're on a budget, you know, you gotta make the most out of it, and you know, that's the thing. It's easy just to, you know, change it up a little bit, and they're a different character. Get away with it. Yeah. And there's nothing, nothing Gavlin can do. I love how she at first is like she cowers from the sun at first because it hurts and she's not used to it, but she doesn't want to look away from it. Yeah. I mean, she, you know, she, she's not like, um, you know, oh, I've got to put the blindfold on straight away. Yeah. She wants to look at it, even though it hurts because it's still something new and beautiful. Just amazing shot. This. <sighs> there it yeah, is. And the credits roll. There it is. Yeah. I can't believe it's been a year. Yeah, I know. It's 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 awesome. so surreal. <laughs> Still is to this day. Yeah. I mean, I know it, it hasn't quite been the anniversary as we're recording this, but um, when when people are listening to it, it will likely be the anniversary. But, I mean, it, already it's close enough. I mean, oh, yes, yeah. this time a year ago. Oh, I just, we're jumping I out that. of our skins. Yeah. I really miss that energy we all had, you know? Um, it would just, it, it would be such a different vibe right now if we were going through something like that during this, <laughs> like to have something that energizing and invigorating to look forward to. And, um, it's, 
it sucks to have uncertainty right now when everything else is uncertain already as it is absolutely yeah yeah i mean we just still got our fingers crossed for um the emmy win for um outstanding children's programs so you know we, we wish everyone at netflix and henson jim henson company the very best of luck and yeah let's they've won in our hearts but i would love it if they would win for realsies yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my heart is usually not good enough for critics and for netflix and stuff because uh sometimes they don't listen to us man and yeah, they should we're smart yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know what we're talking about yeah exactly yeah so yeah i think we'll wrap up for this um audio commentary for the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, ep- Season 1, Episode 1. Um, so I just want to say thank you so much for listening. And and actually, let us know. Let us know if you actually enjoy these audio commentaries and whether you'd like us to do more of them, let us know. And um, yeah, so, and of course, you know, we wanted to do this to celebrate the one-year anniversary of of the show and as part of the Thrarathon that's actually happening um, this weekend. So definitely uh you know keep your eyes and ears on our social medias for any um uh, things that'll be going down during the throwathon um encouraging all of us to watch um the show once again um over the weekend yeah keep on watching it even one year later it's so important you know we got to keep those numbers up yep absolutely yeah yep. pump those numbers up <laughs> If you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can do so at darkcrystalpodcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash darkcrystalpodcast. Follow us on Instagram at darkcrystalpodcast and on Twitter at darkcrystalpod. If you'd like to support the show, subscribe to the podcast, write a review on Apple Podcasts and consider being our Patreon supporter at patreon.com forward slash dark crystal podcast thank you all so much and stay tuned for the next episode of trial by stone this podcast is brought to you by thamescon bringing conventions to oxford and london including the great conjunction the first ever Dark Crystal Convention in the world. For more information, visit their website at www.thegreatconjunction.com.